Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta Injury Lawyers, the heavy hitters of injury law. All right, the first game for Canada at the World Junior Tournament was a 5-2 loss to Czechia. Those two teams will now meet in the final tomorrow for the gold medal. Canada just beat the United States 6-2. Czechia in overtime beat Sweden 2-1. So can Canada avenge their uh, only defeat of the tournament? Uh, Czechia did lose a game in overtime during the uh, round robin but they finished first in the pool ahead of Canada to discuss the world juniors tonight a guy who won a gold medal for Canada as I said Rob Brown back in the day what was that 1988 1988 yes sir nice so started it started in 1987 and then finished in 1988 yeah that was back when we played we played the uh, eight round robin games we never did uh, have playoffs back then you played every team once and whoever had the most points at the end was the gold medalist and it was the year before I played was when Russia and Canada got into the big brawl so we had the two toughest schedules of the whole tournament because we were came in ranked the two worst teams because we were disqualified the year before thus we played all the hard teams first we played each other in game six I believe and then the last two games were were laughers eight one and nine one games that secured the gold medal for us so it was pretty exciting but it was a completely different kind of tournament because uh, you lose a game in the beginning all of a sudden your tournament is over well that's that's a good point if this well i mean it was totally different but if if this would have been a round robin format uh czechia would have won the gold medal because they, yeah. they, they they their only loss was in overtime after that so i mean i know it's totally different but yeah gold medal games are fun okay this one and thanks for doing this i'm making your work on technically an off night but i was like well i know he's watching canada and the u.s and i need your perspective because uh, i was mostly watching the game obviously during my show i'm doing this is how focused i was though on trying to follow the game while i was working rob i only opened 10 tabs on my internet browser instead of 20 so well it was it was a good game you want to watch this one it was it was exciting it was entertaining uh, there was it was roller coaster at times, uh, but what I love about this Canadian win, and I, I think it just shows you. I mean, as Edmonton Oilers fans, what it takes to win at any level to be a championship team, it has to be a team. And I think what you saw in the game tonight with Canada, the whole tournament has been about Connor Bedard, and rightfully so. But tonight, other people stood, stepped up for, for Canada. It wasn't the Bernard show. It was so many other people and players having a big part in this victory. And to win big games, to win championships, to beat good teams, you need a full team to be able to do that. And tonight, Canada got contributions up and down their lineup. Uh, their fourth line scored goals. Their goalie was outstanding. Uh, their penalty killing uh, was incredible when it needed to be. So this was entertaining uh and fun and it was just a total team effort by the canadian kids all right let's address a topic we may have talked about before rob <laughs> goalie interference so the the first one to and this is the crazy thing right we still see at least for me we still see things where oh i never thought of that how are they going to enforce that the first goal, and correct me if I describe it incorrectly, because uh, maybe some people driving around haven't seen it. The American player 
had his back to the net, gathered up a loose puck in front, and he kind of spun and shot it, but as he did, his rump hit the Canadian goalie in the crease. So the puck was outside the crease. So that that was a weird one. The shooter, like it wasn't tapping in a rebound or jamming at a puck. He kind of did a spinning shot, and his rump hit the Canadian goalie, and Canada challenged, and it got called off. The, to me, that's a new one. Yeah, that, well, it was funny. Uh, again, I have a, a group text going during all Oilers games and also going during the Team Canada game today. And right away, I said, that's, that's a goal. I said, that's automatically a goal. He had the puck on his stick. He was the guy shooting. I was shocked, utterly shocked when they disallowed it. I, and then I'm like, okay, is this a different rule that I don't know about? But it was, he, he got the puck, and as he's turning in, he touched the goalie. But that's like, how many times you see a, a player come in on a, a breakaway, and as he's making the move, he makes contact with the goalie. But he scores because he has the puck on his stick. So I didn't understand that. Uh, in a huge moment in the game. Because at that point, it would have made the game score 3-3, and the U.S. would have had a power play because the Canadians challenged it. So that was, uh, well, the, it was, the game was on TSN, so it was obviously the TSN turning point. It, it was, so I, that befuddled me. The second one that Canada had uh, challenged, it was, it, it was disallowed, and rightfully so. It was underneath the goalie's skate. Guy came and pushed the skate and the puck in at the same time. No goal, simple. But the, the first one, to me, A, I don't understand the rule, and B, I think it's a dumb rule. I mean, if the guy has the puck and incidentally touches the goaltender, to me, he's got the puck. He's, he has free reign. So uh, I think if that's the way the rule is called, I think it's a bad rule. But it was a huge break for the Canadians and uh, a huge gamble by the Canadian coaching staff. Because if it goes the wrong way, they're in a bit of trouble, but they get the right call that they want, and the Canadians from that point on were, were the better team. Yeah, I'm just watching this in a in a loop on Twitter here, that first goal. By the way, some American hockey fans are very, very unhappy. They might <laughs> even I don't be suggesting them. that the tournament is not a, a fair <laughs> tournament, which might be a little bit. But it is we're, weird because I, I think Jackson Blake was the young man's name. Yep, he, yep. Like, uh, he, he he does it like he makes a strong play because Milich was trying to cover the puck and he fishes it out before Milich can get it. And then, yeah, he basically kind of does, well, not quite a 360, maybe a 270 yep. and fires the puck in. But as he's spinning, like I, I said, his rump, like it's true, his bum hits Milich in the head. Yep. And no, I, I, don't under, I don't understand the, the call. I thought it was a horrible call. I mean, huge beneficial call for the Canadian team, and I'm happy for them, but I know that if it was gone the other way, if I if this was against the Canadian team and went the other way in the other end, I'd be furious. I just think it's it, either, A, I don't understand the rule, or it's a different rule at, uh, in the IIHF, or it's a dumb rule because he's got the puck on his stick. He's making a hockey move. And at some point, you've got to say, okay, that's a goal scorer's move. You can't continue. I, the goalie interference was in there for a reason. But it's not in there to take goals away on situations like this. So it certainly uh, changed the, the outcome of this game. And I can understand why the American fans would not be happy with the outcome of that one. I, I was shocked when the, the – it was funny. I don't know if you saw when the referee came out and made the announcement um he I, i'm not sure which what language he's, he is I, I think he was finished i'm not sure but he came out and in broken english we have a goal and there was a delay before he went 
Lee interference. <laughs> and so like the very first, like we got a goal and then there's just like <gasps> the whole gasp in the crowd, Lee interference. And then all of a sudden the place went crazy. So a uh, huge break for the Canadian team. And they certainly took advantage of it. Yeah, I, I will agree with you. That one's a, a weird play. Cause you would think you would want an offensive player with the puck to still have the right to make a play. I suppose they're saying because his skates were in the crease and Milich was in the crease, um, but but, it, but uh, on a deke though, when when you're going, if Connor McDavid goes in on on a deke, he's going around the goalie. Uh, there are times where Connor touches the goalie as he's scoring, because then he's going into the blue paint on a deke. You're going into the blue paint. So, yeah, to me, it, it's it's a bad call. Um, but uh, the Americans still had a plenty of time after that to come back, and the Canadians were much better after that moment. Uh, they they did rely on the goaltender a lot in this game. But the kid came up and had an incredible game for them. All right. Uh, and, yeah, the second goal, no doubt he pushed the pad into the net. I mean, I see some chirping about, oh, there wasn't a whistle. But I, I get the American fans are bad. But th- to me, that are mad. But that's obviously you can't push the pad into the net. Like you, No, you that, that, was the, that was the right call. And that was one, in all honesty, the, the whistle should have gone before it got to that point. Um, but it was that was a simple call. And that was one. It didn't take the rest very long on that one to make the decision. And it was 100%. But at that point, you're already frustrated as a, an American player or a fan about the first call. But the second one was the right call. Um, and <laughs> I'm sure the Americans are, are going to be uh, watching that video over and over tonight on that first goal. It's funny. I, I felt for the kids after the game. They, they do. The, I don't know if you watch. They pick the three best players off each team. Yep. And the three American guys go up there. And they're standing there on the red carpet holding their, their, their watches that they got. And I just, I wish someone would post the picture of the three. They have the three ugliest, nastiest, most upset faces that you can imagine having. And, and understandably, they just lost the biggest game of the tournament. It's like, yeah, why am I standing here getting this picture taken? And then you have the three Canadians come up afterwards with the biggest smiles you've ever seen. Yeah, it's a little different, obviously, international hockey. Now, look, 6-2. Sounds like a blow, but like I, I was concerned. Well, about 15 minutes into the game, like I thought the U.S. was excellent early on. Were you a little worried through yeah. the first part of the game? I, I was. I, I thought the Americans, and I still think the Americans have a faster team, uh, but they didn't capitalize on their chances. The Americans had a number of chances to extend the lead, uh, to make it three-one or four-one, and. Uh, the, the goal, I believe it's Milich is the name of the kid. Yep. He was he was outstanding. And, like, we're talking grade-A scoring chances from the slot, one-timers, guys wide open, breakaways, two-on-ones, and the Americans couldn't capitalize. And I think a little bit of frustration came in, and then so many times when you don't capitalize, a bounce goes the other way, and all of a sudden it's a tie game. And I think the, the Americans became a little, uh, I don't know if unhinged, but are a little... They're like, okay, what's going on here? We, we're dominating this game. How are we looking up at the scoreboard and being tied? And then the Canadian just got a couple of breaks. So I think in this game through the first 40 minutes, two things happened. The, the Canadian goalie stood on his head, and the Canadian team took full advantage and executed better in their goal-scoring chances. And all of a sudden, going into the third period, the Canadian team had, a, had the lead. But, yeah, you're right. The Americans, they are a good hockey club. And they got some fantastic players. That Hugh is on the back end. Whew, he's going to be a good NHL player. But the, the, the American team just didn't capitalize on their chances. 
All right. So what are what's the next? Uh, I guess about twenty to twenty-one hours like for Team Canada. I mean, there's so much hype around this tournament. Everybody who makes the team has some story about watching at Christmas time and dreaming about it. Like, how do you keep the emotions and excitement in check, or do you want them to? <laughs> well, you, you tell them to, but you can't. Uh, it'll be a sleepless night for a lot of players. Uh, it's funny <laughs> to me in my eyes. This was the gold medal game. This, I think the Americans and the Canadians are the two best teams. So this was the harder game to win. So do you worry about a bit of a letdown by the Canadian team playing tomorrow against the Czechs? Because, okay, this was the big game. We beat the States. We should beat the Czechs. The only thing that doesn't allow that to happen is this is the Czech team that beat them earlier in the tournament. So as much as the U.S. was the big game, this was the one everyone was talking about, thinking about, the team they played tomorrow was a team that already beat them in this tournament. So I think that will keep them grounded. Uh, the excitement level is going to be huge. And I, I, I do like the fact that they play tomorrow uh, and not having another full day to, to sit and sit on a, the thought of your chance of, of a lifetime playing for a gold medal. Um, but you're not going to be able to curb the excitement these kids are going to have tonight and the excitement they're going to have all, more, all day tomorrow leading into the game. This is what... Some of, the, some of these kids, this tomorrow's game will be the biggest game they ever play in their entire hockey career. And they don't know that now, but it will be. And it, it's just a chance of a lifetime to put on a Canadian jersey and at the end of the day have a gold medal around your neck singing the national anthem in front of a bunch of crazy fans. So it's going to be exciting for these kids. And uh, whatever sleep they get tonight, it won't matter because the energy from the crowd and the energy of the, the moment We'll get them through tomorrow's game. Rob, thanks for uh, for checking in, and I look forward to seeing you at the rink as we're going to be uh, broadcasting the Oilers and the Islanders. But enjoy your perspective here on the on the World Juniors, man. Yeah, that did turn out to be quite a win for Canada, man. Have a good evening. You too. Take care, Reed. That is uh, Rob Brown, our Inside the Game analyst for Oilers broadcast on 6.30, Shed, but focusing on the World Juniors tonight as Canada falls behind 2-0 but gets the 6 to win over the United States in the World Junior Semifinal. So it is Czechia 4.30 Mountain Time tomorrow for that game. The United States will play Sweden for bronze. Okay, I uh, still have time to hear from you if you want to ch chime in. 780-496-0063. It is Inside Sports on 6.30 Chat. Hi, this is Darnell Nurse from your Edmonton Oilers and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 6.30 Chat. The uh, Stand with Ukraine game tomorrow at Rogers Place. I uh, had a really good interview uh, yesterday afternoon with Andre Grigoriev, a defenseman for the Ukrainian uh, win for the Golden Bears over Ukraine last night at uh, Claire Drake Arena. Over 2,300 fans for that one, which is uh, pretty cool because proceeds for that uh, game going to the Canada-Ukraine Foundation. The uh, Oilers 50-50 this week uh, helping out that organization as well. 780-496-0063. We have Biggie from Boyle on the line. Is Boyle not the uh, hometown of TSN's Brian Mudrick? I couldn't tell you. That's uh, something I'll have to check Google. Okay, I think it is. Anyway, what's going on? Just uh, want to comment about the Oilers and how they've been playing a little bit. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to go G-rated. It, it, it's going to take guts to play Jack Campbell, you know, two or three in a row. I think we got to give him more of a chance. I know he, he's showing some, some, you know, glimpses of brilliance, 
but then, you know, stinks the joint out, right? Uh, yes, and I will say this. His last three starts, I, I think, have been decent, right? Because he had the overtime loss in Nashville. Uh, he played against the Jets. I mean, two goals on 17 shots doesn't sound great, but but they were challenging shots. I, I yeah, I don't know how often they're going to play him. I, it looked from from today's practice, it looked like they'll go with Skinner tomorrow. Uh, Skinner's clearly right. become the number one, but I, I mean, you wonder at what point it's going to, if this at all this season, it's going to be 50, more 50-50 where Campbell's head is through all this. Uh, I don't know. I, I like. I might be tempted to put Campbell in tomorrow, but I think it's going to be Skinner. Yeah, I just think we've got to give him a chance. You know, I don't – I stick with him for three games. You know, the consistency. Uh, how does he get momentum? How does he get some, you know, consistency? Yeah, Skinner's been quite impressive, actually, uh, and I'm very thankful to hear that they signed him. You know, that was such a smart move. He let Skinner go. And, you know, I don't know if, uh, well, I'm, I'm assuming Skinner uh, was going to be signed no matter what. He wants to yeah, stick I would with think the Oilers. So. Yeah. But uh, I'm, you know, I'm there for Jack. Uh, I, I hope they play Campbell. And, uh, you know, it would be nice to see him get a few games in a row, two or three in a row, and uh, see what he can do. It takes, you know, that position. Like, man. I played it when I was a, a teenager. Oh, did you? <laughs> oh, yeah. Between the pipes wasn't fun. It was nice nice when the girlfriend was supposed to come, and she didn't show, but I didn't know that. We won 9-1. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, a special memory, Biggie. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> you, happy New Year to you and the crew. Okay, Happy New Year. Biggie from Boyle checking in tonight, 780-496-0063. Uh, Jay Woodcroft has, has always come across as very patient, talked about the process, uh, but he did make this comment today that, uh, that patience only goes so far as the season wears on. I think the big thing to realize is that we're in 2023 right now. So uh, patience sometimes has an expiration date too. Um, you know, we're we're coming up on on halfway through the this season. Um, so if I go back to what I said to Rob about uh, finding a way to win one game, that's what we're trying to do, and uh, we're going to make decisions that. Um, follow that line of thinking so the the time for waiting for people to get going or um, maneuvering to try and get this guy going or that guy going uh, as I said on numerous occasions we're trying to use our eyes and and uh, you know reward the people that are are truly going yeah you, uh, here's the thing and I, and I know we had an earlier caller say, well, maybe it's time to scratch some players. I mean, what do you do when six, seven, or eight players are underperforming, right? You can't scratch all of them. There's only so many guys you can call up for the minors. I, I still think most of the Oilers who are playing are, are the best options in the organization. Um, but, yeah, I mean, maybe you try to move some pairings around or, or you, you go quicker to reducing ice time in a game. I know that's contrary to what we were saying earlier about trying to roll all the lines, but uh, it's, it's, it's a very delicate spot here for the Oilers. Again, I remain optimistic. I choose to be optimistic because why sit around and 
feel negative every day about a sports team. I mean, it's still mostly fun at the end of the day. But, yeah, I mean, the next six games are, are, are crucial. Uh, I mean, you'd, you'd love to win four out of the six and get back up to five games over 500. If, if you go 500, you go two and four, all of a sudden, yeah, you're probably going to be three or four points out of the playoffs in a week and a half. Woodcroft was also asked uh, if the team feels a little too satisfied after they get a couple of wins. I I don't walk into the arena after we've won a couple games and and think that everyone's belly is full. I, I don't feel that. And I've been around a lot of teams over the years, um, and there are times when you do see that or feel that. I don't feel that with our group. Um, I think our group knows where we're at. We're in a dogfight here uh, with teams in our division. Uh, we're scratching and clawing to collect points. Um, we feel that we could have done better in some of our recent home games. Our road games have been pretty good. But in our recent home games, um, you know, we felt we've left some points on the table. We can be better. And um, we can talk about it till we're blue in the face. We can watch video till we're blue in the face. We can rep it out and practice it. In the end, it's got to show up come game time. And I believe that we have the people in the dressing room to get that done. Game tomorrow at 7 at home against the Islanders. Our coverage on 6.30, Chad, will start with the face-off show at 5.30. Don't forget, Stoff has Oilers now from noon to 2. Thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of Inside Sports, and Derek Scott, your studio producer this evening. My name's Reed. Thanks for listening.